Yeah, I could just talk like this all day long because that's my job. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Pace the Nation broadcasting back here at Studio 1A in downtown Arlington, Virginia. Of course, I am talking about the downtown that is in Clarendon. I'm your host, Chris Farley, back again for episode 238 of Pace the Nation. A big show to get to. Excited to have my full crew intact with me across from me. It's Julie Cully. Julie, what's up? Hey, I'm really excited about this episode dedicated to bits. <laughs> this is, we, we've been talking a lot of bits recently, and we will talk more bits. Uh, we're gonna we'll we'll tease the audience and we'll get into the agenda here in a second. But we will be talking bits, and Julie and Docs will determine whether this is a good bit or bad bit. And let's bring in Docs from a Bunker in Arlington. It's Williamy Docs. Docs, what's up? I'm feeling kind of upset with you guys today because i shaved my mm-hmm. beard and and neither one of you noticed or said anything <laughs> I'm sorry doc it was really uh, insensitive it looks of us. like you lost 10 pounds wow <laughs> and you probably literally did lose 10 it's not like looking you, good you, doc it, it's not like it's not like the beard makes the camera make it look like you lost 10 pounds you actually lost 10 pounds on your beard well well done yeah um I mean, just to, just to explain the joke, one of Farley's favorite wheelhouses. They they can't see me. <laughs> We're do. not in the same room. Correct. I do like I do like to explain the joke. I, I feel uh, like that was pretty obvious. I said you were in a bunker somewhere. Yeah, I know. Uh, actually, when you when so. you said that I was uh, calling in from a bunker, I was like, man, they just <laughs> ruined my joke. <laughs> uh, Docs, uh, what 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 spurred you to uh, trim the beard or cut the beard off? Well, um, first of all, I, I do want to say I'm not in a bunker. Only cowards hide in bunkers. Uh, second of <laughs> all, um, I, I have a, a, uh, a, an event tomorrow night that I wanted to look good mm-hmm. for. Okay. Is all this right. a, an in-person event or is it a no, Zoom it's event? No, it's, like, it's a Zoom. kind of event? Good question. It's a, it's a Zoom event, but, but uh, I, I, I wanted to... Uh, look younger rather than older, I guess. Yeah, all right. All right. I, like, I like that. Can you screenshot it for us so we can see what you look yeah, like? Yeah, we will tweet that out at Pace the Nation. No, we'll that's that during the show. The one thing I like about us not following through with our tweet promises is that we don't have to follow through <laughs> with that one. <laughs> all right, well, we do have a big show uh, to get to. We will talk bits. Excited to have... You know, this is more than a bit. This is a legit, real deal thing that uh, our guest accomplished. Uh, we're going to have, we talked about him last week on the show. It's Johnny Gregorak going to be on the show. He set the world record for the Blue Jean Mile a couple weeks ago. We're going to talk to him all about that and what he's up to. He is a, uh, I would say, one of the favorites to make the Olympic team in 2021 in the 1500. So, Excited to have ASICS athlete Johnny Gregoric on the phone with us today. We'll talk about Blue Jean Mile. We'll talk about uh, you know his running, the Olympics, you know everything else that uh, is going on in his world. I have a quick question um, in regards to evaluating the bits. <laughs> like, can can we separate out the actual bit that was completed? Because yeah. I think like 
we could have the topic of like what he actually went after could be a bit, mm-hmm. but the way he executed it may not be a bit. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. Running a 406 mile in jeans is you, not a bit. Do you guys not listen Running to me a- on the show? I mean, do you not? Oh, is that what you do said? Do not listen to what I said last week? I don't get it. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll go re-listen to the show because uh, what what did what did you say? I said that. Is that uh, what you said? I said I don't even know if this qualifies as a bit. Yes, because it's so impressive. Right? So I'm just following up, Docs. Yeah, I'm yeah. just okay. I'm, I'm bringing people she's, back. Like, she's we'll underscoring talk about the topic. The point. Yeah, yeah underscoring I'm underscoring the point. it. There you go. Um, all right. Well, we're excited to have Johnny on in a few minutes here. Uh, we also want to talk uh, some Olympic stuff, and there was some kneeling uh, conversations happening at the uh, Paralympic Games and the Olympic Games. So we'll talk about that. Uh, Docs has a rant. Uh, those are always entertaining. We will talk to Docs about what is on his mind, and also well and divisive. <laughs> we also that's the bonus piece. Docs. We, we will follow. Uh, we will follow up on uh, a story from last week, uh, the Brown track and field, and what's happening there. And then I got a, uh, I got a follow up to that. Uh, the director of track and field at Virginia had a few comments this week as well. Um, but uh, before we get to Johnny, uh, a lot of great feedback on these last two weeks. Uh, really appreciate everybody's give it, giving us some uh, social media love. Uh, you can always go and give us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, so don't forget about that. And we will read your five-star reviews. Uh, that's just a cheap plug. Uh, but one thing, Docs, um, you know, I, I just some of the, the feedback has been heavy um, uh, Farley and Julie, and I just want to make sure that uh, the audience knows that uh, this show doesn't happen unless it's for William E. Docs. Uh, Docs is a bigger part of the show than anybody, and so as you give us props, please continue to give us props. Uh, we would we'd love to hear the props, uh, but make sure you tag William E. Docs on that uh, because. Uh, he is as big or bigger part of this than, than anybody. I, I appreciate that. That's that's very nice, but I, I'm so used to being ignored. It's a, it's okay. <laughs> I'm like I'm like oh, Eeyore I'm from, from Winnie the Pooh. I'm from Winnie I'm the Pooh. I just want to the new it's listeners. Okay. Are, <laughs> Docs and I started this show with uh, a couple of, of different ideas of co hosts. It ended up being Joanny Russo was the other co host. Uh, who did a great job, and she took us for uh, a few years, and Test Strike came in, has taken us for a while, now Julie Cully has settled into the spot, but one constant has been William Docks, so um, I just want to make sure you get the appropriate shine. Okay, uh, just just because I'm not paying attention, where where were you guys getting attention? Well, we got some uh, nice feedback uh, from Allison Desir on her uh, uh. Instagram page. Uh, we also got a uh, nice uh, Instagram post from Mary Wittenberg, uh, the former uh, race director or head of New York Roadrunners Club. So yeah. really appreciate everybody uh, chiming in. Well, and I'll be honest with you. I, I know what our conversations are like at home, you know, when it's just me and Chris and they're not entertaining like this. So <laughs> I know how boring it is when the two of yes. us are talking. So for the, so pe- for, for the people really. that are trying to run me off. Like Mary Wittenberg. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I also want to say, before we get to Johnny, and I, I feel like this is an apology, apology segment for Docs, and it's really not. It just is, this is kind of came up, uh, I was thinking about this on the way over, but you not being in the room makes it a lot harder to 
contribute to the interviews. Yeah, I was the, I was just going to say that too. I was going to say probably yeah. part of the reason why uh, Allison didn't mention me is because I said three words while we were on the phone with her. <laughs> but it's like doing these these conference calls is is really difficult. Um, it, and it's, it, you know, not being in the same room, uh, usually there's four of us in the room. So, uh, I, yep. I, I do step back more than usual during the interviews, which was already a lot. <laughs> right. Well, well, we, I just wanted to, to mention that. I, I appreciate that. I did want to thank everybody. All right. That was a much better apology than the post-marathon trials apology (laughs) that went on. You're right. You're right, Nice job. A little bit more direct. Yeah. Good work. All right. Uh, She's referencing our trip to Atlanta. So, hey, if you're you're new to the show and you picked us up because of all the press from Allison, go back and listen, uh, you know, at least to the last five shows and get some context for what we're talking about. Uh, Highly recommend the content. All right. also highly recommend our next guest. Really excited to be joined on the phone by Olympic hopeful and current world record holder of the Blue Jean Mile, Johnny Gregorek of ASICS joins us next here on Pace the Nation. All right, welcome back to the program. And now, Docs and Julie, we are excited to be joined on the phone by world record holder in the Blue Jean Mile is Johnny Gregorak. Johnny, how are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Uh, now, have have you been introduced? And in, 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 yeah, absolutely. Thanks for your time. Have you been introduced before as world record holder, or is this a first? Uh, well, I've done I've done a couple of things since, since the race where they've introduced me, but you know, it never gets old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, are you are you are you disappointed that it's world record of Blue Jean Mile, or is that like the, a bigger point of pride for you than the rest of your um, accomplishments, than the rest of your accolades? Yeah, I, you know, I I'm for now satisfied with the, with the Blue Jean Mile world record. Some of those world records, you know, they're they're pretty tough, um, like 343 in the mile and that sort of thing. So you got to take your baby steps and you got to be happy with <laughs> what you get along the way. So you got to live in the moment. And uh, um, for now, it's the Blue Jean Mile World Record. Tomorrow, maybe it's the it's the real world record. That's right. You know, I love it. I love it. All right, we're gonna start somewhere. We're gonna get you. We're gonna get into all that. Um, really excited to have you on the show. Um, where 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 are you now? I'm in uh, Ardsley, New York. I live uh, just. Just north of New York City, about about thirty minute drive north of the city, and uh, that's where we train. And it's the Hudson Valley. It's got beautiful running trails and a great track that we work out at and stuff. So it's been a good place to be uh, quarantined for sure. Are you able to get together with teammates now? You run with the New Jersey New York Track Club, correct? Yes, you got it. Yeah, for a long time we weren't running together. It was mostly just out on trails, solo, that sort of thing. But now we're sort of uh, having small groups getting together here and there, um, and yes, yeah, so it's been it's been really nice to get back to that. Uh, how, how's 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 running going? It's going well. Yeah, we're uh, you know for the longest time it was just kind of in a holding pattern, trying to figure out what the next move was going to be or when the next race was going to be. But it looks like there'll be some stuff in August coming around. So now we're getting to you know, get a little more serious with the track workouts and get a little more, uh, tuned in on some, uh, on some speed work and more race specific stuff. Whereas for a while, you know, it was tough to get on the track and it was tough to have, uh, the resources we needed. So it was just sort of 
waiting and now it's you can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to uh some competitions coming around the bend so we're we're excited and uh starting to get starting to get after it johnny tell us about those competitions tell us what's lining up there are it looks like there's going to be some races in like the south in in uh in like tennessee and and that sort of thing uh in august sometime mid mid late august and I'm, i think it's going to be really small fields and that sort of thing and and the, the events will be you know spaced out in time but uh like socially distanced and whatnot but uh yeah it's, it's, it's exciting just for there to be something and then i think there's still some stuff on the on the schedule in like september or october even that's uh coming together so it could still uh like it's, it's going to be very abbreviated of course uh, compared to a usual year of running but it'll be at least something for to get us uh keep the competitive juices flowing and uh have some fun and race now you uh we just mentioned you run with the new jersey new york track club but you've, yeah. you you've had a long kind of standing relationship with asics talk to talk to us about um you know and, and i gotta thank chase fleming and the crew over at asics for connecting us uh yeah yeah talk to us about asics absolutely well um i've you know i've, I've always had uh sort of a relationship uh, for, for asics like growing up my dad did some uh promotional work for them and that sort of thing and then eventually he, he started working for them and um and then as i was coming out of college uh out of oregon it wasn't like i was some highly touted or sought after athlete or anything like that and asics was uh you know good enough to have taken a chance on me and and, and offered me uh, uh you know the opportunity to run be sponsored by them and and so i was obviously grateful and quick to take them up on it because i love the shoes and uh I love really what they're all about. It's just a great company, and, and the the motto of the Anima Sana and Corpore Sana, sound mind and sound body. So it's kind of a, a cool, uh, I really like that mantra, and I think that the people who work for, for with ASICs and the people I've worked with there all kind of embody that, and everyone's, everyone's it's kind of like a family. Everyone's super, super helpful and kind, and uh, it's just been a lot of fun to run for them, and they've always been very supportive, and yeah, they, they've supported, even though uh, the New Jersey New York Track Club has uh you know other sponsors it's 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 allowed they've allowed me to keep training with them which has been awesome because it's been really beneficial for me to have these guys as training partners and uh and then i still uh yeah get to wear the asics and uh rock the rock the gear that i that i know and love i've grown as an athlete while being sponsored by them and they've always uh you know been there for me through the ups and downs and it's uh, it's been a great relationship yeah we, I, uh, we absolutely have it. the same you know great relationship with them here at pacers and yeah um they've always been a top top brand there's just a tight group of of athletes that you're one of yeah. so, which is really cool yeah absolutely um so it's who's coaching who's coaching you right now yeah so i i uh, still still work with coach uh frank gagliano gags as well as uh Tom Nohilly, mm-hmm. um, who's who's uh, you know an outstanding runner in his time, and um, with me and my uh, workouts and guys obviously has been uh, a little bit on, on lockdown throughout all this as he should be and has been really safe and, and being really careful about his health uh, given his age and that's been really uh, we've been happy that he's been taking care of himself so well and so he's been just more of on the phone and through text and then. Uh, and then we've had Tommy uh, Nohilly out at the track, as well as John Troutman, um, who uh, have been awesome at, you know, holding the watch, giving out the workout, and uh, we've been crushing it, and it's a nice uh, a nice relationship we got. 
Now, I, I, from the Runner's World article about the Blue Jean Mile, world record mile, um, sounded like Gags was, was out there, um, socially <laughs> yeah. distanced, but could you yeah. hear him during the race? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He was, he was, you could always hear him during the race. I remember yeah, Jewel, Jewel used to run for Gag, and uh, yeah, it didn't matter how yeah. big the stadium was, you could always hear him throughout. Oh, uh, yeah, he was like, Squeeze it, you know, like <laughs> yelling at me, which is a riot. Given that I was like wearing blue jeans the whole time, right, well, like, even in the middle of the race, I was like, you know, where if you showed me the situation, all like, right, well, that's gags like getting super riled up about me alone out on the track in jeans. But it was, uh, it was awesome, and he was, and he, yeah, he was like, "This is all to go, like say hi." He was like, "That's close enough." When I was like twenty feet away, I was like, "All right, that's awesome." Uh, gags was being careful, but no, it was. It, it was awesome. All right. Well, there. let's, uh, let's talk about yeah. that, that experience. And yeah, uh, but, but before we do, um, you know, the, the reason you're doing it, it was, it was, there's a big charity component and yeah. Um, you know, let, let's talk about your, your brother, brother. Tell us about your brother. Okay. So yeah. Um, my younger brother, Patrick, uh, or Patty, as we affectionately called him, uh, is was the person who the race was sort of run uh in in the memory of and, and the race was commemorated for him and uh he was an extremely you know beautiful kind fun loving giving person and and i think that uh you know he he no for you know those listening who don't know he uh he passed away a little over a year ago um or march of 2019 so after his own, you know, struggles with uh, depression and anxiety, um, and you know, it's, it's it, like any other sickness. Uh, it's a sickness that you know that it claimed him eventually, and uh, it was extremely difficult for our family to get through that time. And uh, it it still is a, a difficult thing. Of course, it wasn't that long ago, but we're trying to do things to, to sort of be able to cope and heal a little bit, and do things that. Uh, in my brother's memory and things that also hopefully will help other people who are struggling with uh, their, their mental health. And, and so while running fast times is in running, you know, performing well in races is, is cool and whatnot. And that's more of a traditional, like saying like, Oh, I'm going to do this, you know, for my brother. And, I, and that's great. And all and I, but I kind of do that stuff for at the end of the day for my own. Uh, sure. That's just for my, for my own dreams and for my own, that's my own thing. when. And we kind of want—I kind of wanted to do something that I think he would have enjoyed because he, he didn't really have any sort of hang-ups on like fast times or what a good performance was when it came to—he'd be proud of me if I ran fast or won a race or anything like that. But it, it wasn't really like it was—he he was just happy we were happy. Was he enjoyed. was he a runner himself? He was, but he was a runner in the most social of senses. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he was very much there for—he was there to have a good time, and uh, and so yeah, he he didn't have any sort of hang-ups when it came to how fast we would run or anything like that. He was more excited just that we were happy and that we enjoyed the sport. And so I think that I, you know, May was mental health awareness month and my family and I had kind of been tossed around the idea of different things we could do and continue, want to continue to do in the community to raise awareness for mental health. Um, and just given the, the, the situation with the virus and uh, everyone being on lockdown, uh, we figured it was a time where people could use a pick me up and could also use the people who are suffering from you know a mental health condition could probably use the the help when it comes to like needing the resources and uh, 
needing the at-home care. That's because when they can't get out of the house, obviously, some of these people with uh, various conditions who need to see people uh, were probably having a really difficult time. So it all kind of came together, and uh, and we decided. I decided to do the Blue Jean Mile as sort of this silly sort of event that would, uh, you know, kind of have tickled my brother's fancy, and yeah. uh, and I think that we kind of did something that was lighthearted, but also at the same time carried a strong message. And I think that that's kind of sums up my brother in a, in a nutshell there. So you raise funds for the uh, national Alliance yes. on mental illness. Um, yes, you got it. Yeah. And your, your goal was a, a, a which I would think a, a lofty goal of, you know, three to $5,000, right? Initially. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Initially we totally were like, it, it really, I can't, uh, I can't overstate enough how much when we started. It was really just, I was, we were just kind of doing it for, for me and my family as this fun thing. And it was just going to kind of be like, yeah, I'll just, I'll tell, I'll tell people that I'm going to do it. And then if they want to donate a few dollars and it'd be, it'd be really cool if we raised a couple thousand dollars and I mm-hmm. run it and it'd be fun. And, and we, we, it'd be really nice. And, and then, yeah, it just kind of exploded and so it kept kind of steamrolling. And I think people were just looking for something to watch and like <laughs> something to follow. Uh, and, and that, and I was able to, to provide it. And that was our, and it kind of, yeah, it gained a lot more popularity than I think it otherwise would have, but you know, everything happens for a reason in that sense. And we, and, uh, you know, I think it was just the right, it was the right time to have done it. And, uh, people really were so generous and, and came out and my family came down and surprised me at the race and people showing support from throughout the country are like, were like, you know, making such generous donations, and and I, you know, I'm I'm gonna be buried in writing thank you notes for the, for the next <laughs> ten years. <laughs> You're gonna have writer's cramp, man. Thirty one, yeah. thirty one thousand dollars raised. Unbelievable. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Including a f- five thousand dollar donation from Levi Strauss and Company. Yeah. Um, was that always gonna be your blue jean of choice? Yeah. The. Uh, so I've always liked Levi's and I think I just kind of think of them as like the classic American yeah. scene. And, and I wanted to wear like, cause people are talking about, cause well, the event was made up by my friend Paul Snyder and it was kind of started out as this thing where it had to be hundred percent cotton and all this, these are these special regulations. And then people started running in jeans that were kind of half spandex half <laughs> jeans and there's like the whole jeggings thing. Right, and right. so I kind of wanted to set the precedent of like them needing to be real, rough and tangle like <laughs> cardboard feeling jeans right. and gotta keep and it pure. Makes, pure yes yeah exactly the purest and and the levi's makes that real classic american fit the 501 jean which is just the most like straightforward not baggy not tight nothing just like the most classic blue jean imaginable and they were super awesome about it yeah they they donated a really generous five thousand dollars and then i actually just yesterday put the jeans I ran in in the mail and I sent them to their headquarters because they're going to put them in their like archives. No <laughs> way. Other, like, their wall of like, fame. Yeah. They're going to be in these, like this, this hall of fame with like Albert Einstein's like blue <laughs> jeans, like, Steve Jobs, blue jeans, Elvis, you know, like all these really funny people like that are super, super uh, famous and whatnot. And then there's going to be the old Johnny G. <laughs> Blue jean mile jeans, right there. That's amazing. Now, now, yeah. can, are we going to be able to go? Uh, can we send the Pace the Nation audience to go see these? Are they going to be on display anywhere? Is there? Is yeah. there some Levi Strauss Hall of Fame somewhere that we need to know? Yeah, about? I think it's in San Francisco, and I think there's like a, it's just the headquarters. They just have a, I think they just have like a historical, or like you know, a, 
a visitor center area or something like that that has like a stuff on display i guess i'm not sure actually the details of it they told yeah. me to come by when i'm in the bay area but i'll have to i'll have to let you know oh my gosh yeah. that's incredible um, yeah that that's that is amazing so uh you uh, obviously have to train for this thing. You ultimately run, run 406 and set the world record. Yeah. We'll get into that. But you obviously have to train for this with jeans on, I would imagine. Like what, you're, you're probably doing your regular training, but adding some running and some blue jeans? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, a lot of people asked about the training and the blue jeans thing, and it was mostly just normal running training. <laughs> and then uh, I would just put on the blue jeans every like once a week and do some strides in them or something. It was mostly just, getting a feel for how they feel and so i could just kind of imagine it um and but i didn't want to like it doesn't really make any sense to have actually trained in them because they could only it could only hurt you and it could yeah only you're gonna be you chafed out. you don't want to be yeah, we, yeah i wanted to hear all about if there was yeah. chafing or not yeah. that's like yeah there was no chafing because it was just so it was such a quick amount of time that i spent in the jeans it was only yeah. like you know the four minutes I, I really just put them on did a stride and went and then and other than that yeah i really did very little in the jeans and and because they're pretty uncomfortable and I, I i understood that and i was just uh yeah i wanted to just put them on in the day and let it rip and i figured whatever yeah, right <laughs> farley he's basically saying that that if you or i wore jeans we would be on the track long enough for it to chafe but <laughs> since he was only on the track for four minutes it really didn't cause him any issues <laughs> that, that was yeah that's I, where I, we were going with that i got the message docs it's a good call i think that i think Nobody would shave that bad. I'll, I'll, I'll say. <laughs> I would say if anyone did a 5K in jeans, 5K plus, you'd be in trouble. See, this guy's in the tank for Levi's too, so he's not going to speak a, an ill word about Levi's, nor should he. I mean, he's yeah, exactly. the Hall of Fame. Right. Exactly. I can't be, I can't, yeah, I don't want to lose my no, spot. Absolutely. <laughs> Johnny, what about the sizing? Did you go up a size? Were they a little short at the bottom? Like, did you did you try yeah. in a couple different pairs? Like, how did that work? Yeah, I wore just um, a slightly, slightly bigger than I usually wear for a jean size or for a pants size, and that was that just gave myself a little bit more of a for the stride length, and that seemed to do the trick. I, I just uh, I think I usually wear like like a thirty thirty one or something like that, and I wore like. 32 32s or something so i gave myself a little extra a little extra room a little extra room and a belt too right and yeah and a very thin very thin woman's belt <laughs> um and, and asics did a nice job uh, a nice thing of of making up a uh, special makeup pair of shoes too yes. right? yeah they're incredible uh yeah really nice memento of the event and yeah they're they're uh the traditional the, the spike that i usually wear it's called the gun lap and then they they uh tricked him out with uh, denim laces and denim trim uh, across like the ASIC stripes and uh, like an ASIC symbol on the back with like a denim ASIC symbol and then the uh, the tongue of each one of the tongues says NAMI which is National Alliance of Mental Illness and the other tongue said Patty so it was uh, awesome. they were so extremely cool, cool. Um, and uh, nice. yeah I've got them proudly displayed in my room now which is great and you can uh, you can see all this content. Uh, Johnny's on Instagram. It's yeah Johnny on Instagram, and and you you uh, chronicled a lot of this stuff. And and there is a picture yeah. of the the yellow uh, spikes with the the uh, blue jean accents, which is really cool. Nami Patty spikes. Yes. So absolutely super cool, man. Um. So all right, let's go to the race. Um. So the 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 world record, I believe, beforehand was four eleven. 
Um, yeah. You know, you on a you know a, a regular. I would say probably if you went out and did a time trial, you probably feel pretty comfortable about breaking four eleven, right? I mean, so that isn't yeah that isn't super difficult. But throwing in the the, the pair of blue jeans and the pressure of the day. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean. Did you feel like you had it in the bag or, you know, it, it, you yeah, had to be a little I bit think, uncertain. Uh, yeah, no, I I definitely had a lot of confidence I could run the record. There was a lot of uh, chatter going around that about running under four minutes, um, <laughs> which I don't think people quite understand yeah. that. While I think that's possible for sure, I I, would, I think I would need competition and it's sort of different, a different, uh, different conditions uh, yeah. in order to have done something like that. So I really... At the end of the day, it was just focused on getting out hard and then being in a place where once the I was being rabbited by my friend, Ryan Manahan, and he uh, he did a great job. He took me a K, and I knew that once he you know once he started to peel off, I just wanted to feel good and be able to enjoy the last lap and enjoy the, the experience, and, and that's what happened. And so, yeah, he did a great job and pulled me through a K, and then I just had to, you know, I had to put my head down and, and work hard for 600 meters or so there, but... It wasn't. It wasn't terrible, and I think that in a situation with uh, a little more competition, I could definitely run faster. But it, it was just a matter when I knew I saw my split with like 400 to go, and I knew that if I ran like a 60, 61 or oh, something, okay. I would. I would still. Right, I would I, still get. I was going to say there, you so. didn't have to run like a 55 last lap. To, to no, I didn't have to do home. anything crazy. Okay. Yeah, it was just. Uh, I I knew I had it, and I was just. Uh, kind of enjoying it and and the last thing i wanted to do was do something where i like hurt myself and then i'd be like really embarrassed by the fact that <laughs> i got injured doing the blue jean mile but uh it was it was great though and it was definitely not a, it wasn't that easy it was the jeans were like really restricting the stride but it was it was fun and uh you know if someone wants to race me in the blue jeans someday i'll, I'll gladly take hey, you you're, you're the champ you'll take on all <laughs> yeah. you got the belt right now uh, yeah you got yeah. it it's a very thin belt, Farley. Now, um, <laughs> were was your pace setter also wearing jeans? Yes, he was. That's part of the uh, that's part of the conditions of uh, of the blue jean mile. Ah. The, in, the, in the bylaws, it's, the this is this is this is part of the rules that you are trying to establish. Yeah, no, no, for, the, for the future. That, uh, these are the rules that my friend who created the event established. Right, but I mean, like, like you were talking about how you're, you're, you're establishing that it has to be a hundred percent cotton and all this kind of stuff. You're, you're like, this is, this is one of the conditions that you're laying down for, for any future, uh, uh com, you know, competitors. Oh, like yeah, it. absolutely. We're trying to legitimize it, and I think, that, I think, you know, typically, the conditions are that your rabbit, no matter what the race is, is the rabbit going to have a distinct advantage over the field or right. anything like that, besides dropping out early. So I think that if, yeah, if everyone's wearing blue jeans, rabbit's going to have the blue jeans the same way that, you know, it's the, the man can't pace the women's races right. and all that sort of thing. Uh, so it, right now, how was the race time? I saw it was on Instagram live and you had a number of, uh, a couple thousand people tune in. Yeah. Was it hand timed? How did you do that? It was, yeah. I think it was hand timed by a few different people, a couple different watches, or something like that. And uh, and and I think we just—I'm not sure actually how, what they what they did. They took the average of like two times or something like that. But I think they were really close. I think they were like within a, a hundredth of each other. Then it was like, you know, four hundred six point two five and four hundred six point two six or something like that. And and so that was uh, that was how we did it. And that seemed to be yeah, pretty effective and. Fair enough. I mean, no, I think yeah, I, yeah, and, and you, you, you know, it was there was no question that you uh, you broke the record. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm glad it wasn't like 
four eleven point something, and it was like a, a close call. Yeah, it was, no, good, it was, it was no. a nice healthy margin. So, <laughs> so we have been discussing on the show the last few weeks bits because. Um, and, and we tried to define what bits are, but bits that running bits, uh, and we defined them, uh, you know, uh, uh, we, we went through a couple examples. We decided, uh, you know, we were, we're, the, we're the arbiters of the show, the hosts of the show. We're the authorities. Yeah. What, were good, what was a good bit and what was a bad bit? This was a good bit. This was a very good bit <laughs> that raised a lot of money, so kudos to you. Oh, what thank do, you. What do you think of uh, the slow mile bit? that's happening or the <laughs> dribbling the basketball around the track bit or uh what was well, the other one that we had um uh, some yeah there's a lot of yeah yeah okay so bit's sort of like an even nicer word for gimmick yes <laughs> right right there we go yes. non-traditional yes yeah yeah um yeah i think as long as there's uh, a good intention and it's not uh you know something that's taking away from a more legitimate uh <laughs> effort yeah. i think that it's uh it's it's uh, I'm 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 pro gimmicks. Uh, you know the people <laughs> the, the the slow. I mean the slow mile was uh, sort of popularized and and promoted by the Sidious Mag, which mm-hmm. is uh, an organization run by my friend Chris Chavez, who was very generous and really helped spread the popularity of the Blue Jean Mile and helped. Uh, you know they made a really generous donation and stuff. So I can't knock the slow mile. I think that's. I'm very happy, and I think that Molly Seidel has like the fastest, or that has the slowest so, mile. So <laughs> yeah. you gotta, you gotta think, that, yeah. And then that's like, you know, she's she's pretty cool. So if she's the record holder, then I'm that's then I'm all for that's it. Legit. And then uh, it's legit, yeah. And then you know, the basketball, sure. I mean, if uh, you know, you're not hurting anyone, you're out there basking, bouncing the basketball around the track, whatever. Well, as long as, as long as the general public understands that there's a there's a very big difference between uh you know a 343 world record in the mile right. and a basketball mile and whatever it was and and, and, I, and I definitely bring that up because i don't want i want to you know that this sport to be legitimized as we sort of switch gears here and talk about you know yeah. the, the olympics and uh yeah you know the 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 actual season that that's coming for you i mean uh, you know what you yeah. did was fun, but uh, you're competing at a very serious level, at the highest level of the sport. So I just didn't want to, you know, you know, I didn't want people to um, just think yeah. you're the blue jean mile yeah, guy. Yeah, you know, I don't want to be just the bit guy. You're There's an a action. lot more to Johnny yeah. Gregoric. I mean, the guy yeah, ran yeah. 349 well, like indoors, yeah. uh, 349 yeah. indoors for the mile this past year. Last year. Last yeah. year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that is unbelievable. So, yeah. So I think the people who are, the people who are track fans, uh, will know, you know, what's, what is and isn't legitimate. And then, uh, as far as the people who just tuned in and thought it was funny and that's what they know me by, that's fine too. Because at the end of the day, the people who don't really follow the sport, well, it's really hard to impress them. Besides, unless you're like winning the Boston marathon or winning right. Olympic gold, they, they don't seem to be that intrigued. So, uh, the real track fans, I think, will will know the difference. Yeah, so no, no doubt. And the real yeah. track fans are excited about uh, the Olympics next year. We're excited about yeah. potential races happening soon. Olympics next year. Yeah. Where are you in your cycle? I mean, you were obviously one of the favorites to make the Olympic team in the fifteen hundred. Yeah. Then you probably got to, you know, you were getting ready for the cycle of 2020. Now you got to ramp it back down. And, you know, your coaches yeah. are probably got, got that all figured out. But where are you right yeah. now? Yeah, so I'm definitely, uh, you know, you got to make the best of every situation. And, and we really use this time to just get 
put in a ton of strength work and a ton of good mileage and a ton of good uh, endurance workouts. And so I'd say I'm absolutely the strongest I've ever been. You know, I'm probably in the best uh, 10K shape I've ever been in. And <laughs> I think that's going to lay down a really nice foundation for a nice long build up to the trials in, in 2021. Um, for sure, this summer and, and fall, uh, we'll, we'll get out there and race. And that's going to be just to kind of keep the competitive juices going and and to just stay in the into the you know the habit of racing and and what you have to do to prepare for a race and to stay sharp competition wise um but you know none of those times or performances are count towards anything this summer besides just for the sake of you know bragging rights and and winning but because the uh world athletics announced that everything's frozen until december so you can't even run an olympic qualifying time and nothing counts towards like your ranking in the world or anything like that so it's all just about doing it for the love of it, which is kind of a nice thing. You know, we, we learned how to train for the love of it. And now we're going to learn how to compete for the love of it in, uh, in August and September. And then, and then we'll dial back a little bit and then, you know, take everything and let all that training and competing sink in and, and have a nice long build that goes from November to June of 2021. And, uh, then we'll be, uh, ready to rip and and i uh, i'm feeling really good about it and you are feeling good that's great to hear how are you like i mean emotionally it's got to have been the you know some of the toughest times of your life here with yeah your brother passing away and then you know you're 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 gearing up for your shot at making an olympic team there's no better shot would have been for you for johnny gorak in 2020 i would imagine how have you been emotionally no i think that it's uh again we're we're trying to you know take the best of of any of any situation and of course it's been a really difficult and uh you know long process for for me and and my family of just of healing and and uh we're still just you know we're still we're still trying to get through that and we're still uh still healing and this was just one of those things that the blue jean mile the fact that it happened this way and it it might it might play into even things going even better in 2021 because it was an opportunity for me to share a little bit more of my story and to feel like even more connected with the running community and, and to even have a little more time to, to heal going into 2021. And, um, and again, like I said, to build up that, that base and, and really, you know, attack it from being the best place possible going into it in uh, a year from now. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's a, it's, it's a long, it's a long process. And I think that while I, while 2020 would have been great, I like to think that 2021 I'll be in an even better place to, to get the job done. Now, um, you've referenced your family a number of times, and I know this yeah. is go- going to uh, rankle Docs a little bit here, but we talk about we talk about on this show, Johnny, about Georgetown a good amount. Um, yeah. Both your parents have some Georgetown connections, right? Yes, yes. My, my parents are both uh, in the Georgetown Track and Field Hall of Fame. So, nice. So, yeah, that's a connection. They found, um, they found love on the hilltop. Nice. Yeah, there you go. They, they yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, no, they, it's, they, yeah, that's an awesome legacy that they have there. And it's, and that's kind of one of the early exposures they had to the fact that my parents were, uh, such good runners as I went to their, their induction ceremony and, um, Oh, I can't remember what year it was, but I was, I was small <laughs> and, and I got to really be a part of that and, uh, and see, you know, their accolades listed off and listen to them give speeches. And it was really, uh, it was a great thing. And, and I know that their time at Georgetown was absolutely very formative for them as runners and, and their, uh, 
they're thankful for it. And yeah, uh, Georgetown's great. <laughs> Johnny, your your father's an Olympian. Your mother is an, an NCAA champion, correct? You got it. So yes. how how was that growing up? Like, was running a big part of your upbringing? Did they talk to you about running? Did you kind of find it on your own? Like, how yeah, how, I, how was their experience formative for you, or or not formative in the sense that they stepped yeah, back I, from it? It was, uh, you know, yeah. So I they were professional runners, and then they were coaches at Brown University, um, which has just recently been uh, the track teams were reinstated, which yep. is great. And uh, you know, they so I, I spent most of my time growing up around the sport and I, and I understood that they were really good at it and, but I didn't really have too much of a grasp of it. Um, and, and I'm really thankful that they let me kind of find it on my own. I would say I first got into the sport from a social element cause I saw the friendships that they made and I saw the fun that they had with the sport and, and the great people that were involved in the sport. And my older sister was on the cross country team in high school and I remember like she would go to cross country camp and it was this really fun thing. And all the guys were really cool and goofy. And I really related to them in a lot of ways. And, and I think that, uh, that was kind of what initially drew me in. Nothing about thinking like, I'm going to pick up the torch and carry my <laughs> right, family's right. tradition. It was just kind of like, this is what I'm exposed to when I'm young and, and, uh, and it looks fun and yeah, I'll, I'll get my toe in the water for sure. And so that's what I did. Came out for the team in high school and, and I and one of the biggest experiences actually was when I went with my dad to the Olympic trials in 2008. Um, he got invited out there because in 1980, actually when he was a sophomore at Georgetown, he had qualified for the Olympic team and it got boycotted because the, the Olympics were supposed to be in Moscow and and, and Russia had just uh, mm-hmm. invaded Afghanistan and all that, so they were boycotted. So we uh, they brought them back in 2008 to kind of honor the team and kind of like recognize them. So my dad brought me out and uh and, ha- and my mom was going to go with him but she said you know what bring johnny and make it sort of a, a nice uh father-son trip he's just kind of getting into running and and maybe he'll see it and, and experience this sort of next level of of the sport and like it and i was and my mom was 100 percent right I, I loved it i the the whole atmosphere was unbelievable like the, the place was rocking and it was electric and i was I was obviously Hayward Field when it's when it's on, it's on, and and the place was it was like amazing, and I was really looking up to all these runners, and I had posters, and I had autographs, and it was just <laughs> a, like awesome. a really magical couple of weeks, and I and that really got me, uh, that I think you know that and at the same time I I was being introduced left and right every two seconds to someone who was like a good friend of my dad's from the sport, and they'd tell me a million stories, and then boom, the whole time was just this constant sort of like uh baptism by fire into into pro, the pro running world and it was exciting and i and i definitely got the bug and and was excited to try to be not necessarily an olympian or a pro runner but at least someone who was getting the most out of myself on the track and and so I, that's what i did i came back from that with a new appreciation for the sport and was really excited and and i've had plenty of you know successes and and plenty of failures and i'm really thankful that along the way my parents have always kind of just taking a back seat and let it be this kind of like, Oh, Johnny's figuring it out for himself. If he has any questions or if he, if he wants to like talk it out or like go through anything, we're always here to share our experience and give our little pointers. But for the most part, they've never coached me and they've never been like, you need to do this and you need that. It's always just been, it's always been very hands off. And I think that's the best way, not only to, if you know, get your kid involved in, a sport, but it's just, I think that's a very good way to be a parent. So I'm, I'm a, I appreciate that. 
Did you happen at that 2008 uh, Olympic trials? Did you happen to watch the uh, women's 1500 semifinals where there? Did you see the eighth place finisher in that race? Uh, do you happen to remember that at all? I mean, <laughs> I had seen it. <laughs> so Julie's looking at me like I'm crazy. What are you talking about? Uh, <laughs> Julie was in that I, race, so I sorry. Wasn't I wasn't in the 1500 meter final. Oh, I, I said semifinals. I was in the 5000. Uh, in, in 2008. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> even know what race i ran all right let me let me, well, let me walk that back let yeah. me walk hold on hold he on. wants to cut that oh out. Cut, you're gonna you're gonna edit that <laughs> cut that cut it cut that oh, you gotta let the people know it's not up to him what gets edited out don't Docs, worry keep it keep yeah, it right. i'm sorry johnny did you happen to notice the 5,000 meter also i wasn't eighth i was seventh so seventh. you are botching this yeah. whole thing <laughs> sorry uh yeah Julie, don't let uh, facts get in the way of a good joke. Yeah, yeah. No. yeah. Anyway, the joke is the joke is flagging. <laughs> Anyways, uh, no. So yeah, yeah I will, I watched every race that there was to watch. So uh, he did. Yeah, we were we were we were certainly fond of that trials too. I was coached by Matt Centros at that time, so it was he was part of that 1980 team as well. So that was a really cool experience. Like, you know, when they brought everybody back there. So when you're talking about that with your dad, um, I remember that moment that was really special. I mean, it was obviously a huge loss not to be able to compete. I can't even imagine, you know, not being able to compete, making a team when it's like a life, lifelong goal, lifelong dream. Um, but for your, your father was in two Olympics though, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was 1980. And then in 1984, he, he, he qualified and that was, uh, then he got to go into to LA, and that wow. was all good. And and then he actually got third in 1988, also. Uh, no, no, 1992 wow. in the 5K. So Jeez. he just didn't have the standard, wow. and, uh, and so yeah. he didn't get to go. But oh yeah, John gosh. Troutman won that race. Actually, wow. he got third. Now one of your coaches. Yeah, wow. that's coming really full circle. Full that's circle, awesome. man. Wow, full that's, circle. That's yeah. Awesome. So you and your dad, and we're gonna let you go here. Are you and your dad are both sub four minute milers? Um, yeah. How, how many father-son, I know the Centros, how many father-son combos are there? Oh, I'm not sure. Not maybe, many. It's like, maybe like eight or seven yeah. or eight. Yeah, something like that. Wow. Yep. That's a, that's an exclusive. I mean, it's it's not as exclusive as being the world record holder in the Blue Jean Mile, but it's pretty <laughs> exclusive. It's yeah, pretty let's just say I'm thankful that a few of the people on that list have never uh, put on Blue, blue Jeans in a while. <laughs> let's just say yeah. there's a few on there that, are, that would have definitely scared it in their prime no doubt but <laughs> johnny i i heard a rumor that you're, you're planning on wearing blue jeans for the first round of the olympic trials <laughs> next year do you want to break that news on pace the nation or or is that planned to be broken later um uh, <laughs> i don't know where you heard that rumor uh but i can't I reveal my sources it would be irresponsible yeah i think i think it i don't think that would be very smart. I, I have a tremendous respect for the for the competition in, in this country, and uh, I think wearing blue jeans would be very risky. Maybe I'll wear my blue. Maybe I'll wear, I'll wear my special A6 blue jean uh, custom spikes for the first round. That could be a fun. That could be a fun homage to my we'll, blue we'll jean. Keep our, we'll keep our eyes out for that. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite Neil Diamond song? <laughs> My favorite Neil Diamond song, I guess it has to be Sweet Caroline, right? Because I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. and uh, uh, I would have guessed Forever in Blue Jeans. Oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I like America. 
The fact that he even knew, I mean, props from the fact that he even knew what, what a Neil Diamond song was. I was struggling. Well, you, he'd be know, a poor boss. Everybody knows in, Sweet uh, Caroline. Yeah, you go over Red Sox fan, and okay. they, they sing it every game. It's, yeah. yeah, got it. That's true. I just wanted to add that it would probably be inappropriate for Johnny to commit to wearing blue jeans right now on the podcast that brought we were brought together by ASICS. ASICS might have a right. thing or two yeah, to say yeah, about that. Exa- I, I think so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, Asics is going to make some uh, fresh gear for you uh, for 2021. I can't wait to see it. Well, Johnny, it's been great, man. Uh, Really a fun uh, interview here with you. Congratulations on on your success for the Blue Jean Mile. You raised uh, $31,000 for the National Alliance on Mental Illness. I mean, that is just, just awesome, right? I mean, that just gives me chills. It's awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's just a, a testament to the, to the community, the running community, and uh, just, yeah, all the people, the kind people out there in the world. Obviously, yeah. uh, these past uh, not only six months but, or four months, but past few weeks, uh, it's tough to see sometimes that, that there can be kindness and generosity out there still, And and but people are uh, coming through, and, and it was amazing, and I'm, I'm forever grateful, and uh, again, my, my my hand's going to be sore for months from all the thank yous I have to write. Well, dude, we really appreciate it. Uh, a big props to um, Chase Fleming and the uh, ASICS team for, for connecting us. And really a thrill to sit down and talk to you, man. Really appreciate it. It's johnny.gregoric on Instagram. Um, and we got we got to get you on, and, and we'll talk some serious uh, track stuff as we uh, move down the line and there starts to be, be some races and you, you're gearing yeah. up for stuff. Do you want to tell them about yes. the PTN bump? Oh yeah, there is a yeah. Any time that an athlete comes on this show, they do get a bump. I, I, Docs, what's the how many seconds do, do they get? Well, the the math it's a, it's a five second bump, Ooh. but um, it so does decay over time. Okay, so you 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 really should get on the track tomorrow, or, or I guess if the show comes out on Monday. You should get on the track Tuesday if you really want to take advantage of the PTN bump. So, so he, he, you're, what's your PR? Three forty nine in the mile. Yes. Yeah. So, so Docs, you're saying he can run a three forty four after being on our show? Yeah, I mean, if he does it immediately, there is a there is a decay. <laughs> okay. And when I mean, what's the uh, what's the, the the evidence of this bump? Who 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 did this? Who who yeah. got the bump? Well, I mean, Kerry Gallagher was the first one to PR. Mm-hmm. After nice. after being on the show, yep. and then we we have we have like a lot of people in the marathon that have knocked five seconds off their time as well. Oh, uh, a marathon five seconds. Right. <laughs> it's, different. it's just it's just then general. I, I'm just saying it's science. It's science. Yeah, it's general. Science. We have a team of scientists, and they've 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 you know they did a very expensive study. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the conclusion, you know, we're, we're just running with their conclusion. We had, and all right. I, we yeah, we had Centro on the show too. I'm not sure we got five seconds. He may have but, gotten a second. Well, he or didn't. Two. He didn't race. We had him after he the got a gold medal, and, and and then he didn't race. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, so. I guess. So, so the, the thing is, lie, the, the thing is, lie, the right. thing is, is if you want, if and when you're ready to hit the A standard next year, you might want to come back yeah, onto the check show. In with us. And when all we're right. all out at the trials next year, we can do a live show, and that will yes. be like the ultimate PTN big bump. time yeah. bump. Yep. Let's just do one like two hours before the final. All right, well, we're lo- lock them in. <laughs> we got a long record for that. All right, Gag, uh, Johnny, Tommy, is that good with you guys? Yeah, we cool? got it. Okay. We got it. All right, got it. Locked in. All right. <laughs> 
Uh, that's, awesome. Uh, this is great stuff. Johnny, thank you so much. Johnny Gregorak, thank you thank so you. much, man. All right, Have there he goes. One. Johnny Gregorak from ASICS. He joined us on Pace the Nation. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the program, and thanks again to Johnny Grigorak for joining us today on Pace the Nation. It's uh, johnny.grigorak on Instagram, so give him an immediate follow. Um, and also thanks to Chase and the, the folks over at ASICS for making that happen. That was a fun interview. Um, what wasn't fun was that I messed up what uh, year Julie ran the uh, 5K. Uh, no, you got I, the year right. I, got the year. I knew that, that... You got the event wrong, at, the place wrong. At least I knew that... The Olympic trials were 2008, so I did know that. Julie, uh, if you want any ground to stand on, uh, what what place did Farley finish, and in what <laughs> event at ACC's his last year of school? Are you are you comparing those two events as equal? He is, yes, yep. As as far as life accomplishments between you two in the running <laughs> field, yes. I'm gonna go with middle of the it's road. Relative. Middle towards back of the pack. Yeah, let's not get specific on where that happened, where, uh, where I finished. Uh, thank you, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Julie, if you want Chris to take an interest in your life, you should take an interest in his life. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, me finishing 60th place at ACC's. I think you'll feel differently if you come to our house and just listen to a conversation. Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, thanks I'm, to I'm busy. <laughs> thanks to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thanks for to, your sake, you should be. Thanks to Johnny G. Mm-hmm. Um, really rooting for that guy, man. What a what a great story and doing some great stuff. Um, and awesome guest on Pace the Nation. All right. Um, so just a couple of quick things to get into here. Um, I think Julia Docs, one of you guys, sent an article to me uh, the other day about. Uh, Athletes potentially taking a knee at the Tokyo 2021 Olympics and Paralympics, and that they potentially face bans. Um, what? What? Uh, tell me about that article, Docs. Well, I mean, this is from the IOC, so this is this is not like the U.S. Olympic Committee or uh, you know something something specific in our country. This is this is coming from the IOC, and they have a. Um, they have a policy already in place that that and they were just kind of reinforcing that policy uh, that political protests during the Olympics will be handled on a case by case basis, uh, but it it can result in a ban. Hmm. And the reason why they reminded it, I'm I'm not sure if it had to do with uh, somebody asking them the question or them trying to get ahead of it. Um, but I would also say that the IOC did a really good job of not reading the room. <laughs> and that is typical of them, right? Yeah. 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 It's a lar- large organization that, that uh, profits off of the, the hard work and sweat of all the athletes. Uh, and they don't want to do anything that, that might, uh, you know, disappoint their, their sponsors. But I think what you're seeing right now is that uh, sponsors may react negatively to their hard stance on this. Right, right. Who knows? Who knows? But that's that's a, a risk. Uh, and that is something that is is starting to happen right now in, in this country where sponsors are 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 uh, 
supporting political action and 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 uh, pulling their money when people are, in their opinion, on the wrong side of a of a uh, of a view. I thought it was really funny, uh, sort of in the, the the same vein of conversation. Um, NASCAR uh, sent a tweet after some a NASCAR driver, a little known NASCAR driver, was in support of the Confederate flag, and he said, "I'm retiring." Uh, I'm paraphrasing yeah. here, but basically NASCAR said, um, whoever your name is, we actually had to Google you to f- figure out who you were. So they were like, <laughs> we really didn't, didn't know you were Does he have the Confederate flag on his car? I, I think he did not. No. I think he was just standing up for people's right to do whatever. So, so, um, I mean, so the, that story, that's that's another story that's, that's currently going on. Uh, but... NASCAR does have a a black driver, and after one of their most recent races, uh, he he had a very emotional uh, TV interview afterwards, where he felt like uh, the Confederate flag being being brought to and and displayed at, at the races made NASCAR not an inclusive sport for other people, and NASCAR the other drivers and NASCAR. Um, whatever the 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 head of NASCAR, or the officials, or whatever the executives, they made a a really quick policy change and banned the Confederate flag from uh, spectators bringing the Confederate flag. And of course, there were uh, you know a small minority of people that were really upset about this policy and saying that that you know cancel culture. They're going to give up on on uh, NASCAR and and most of the drivers were in support of this rule and said it's long overdue, uh, but one driver said that he's quitting over it. And and like you said, they, they dried him out for it. Yeah, so let me read the tweet. He said, uh, Ray Cicerelli says, I'd like to announce I'm retiring from NASCAR after the season. I can't drive a car for a league that won't allow my special flag. And then NASCAR quickly responded, uh, we actually had to Google who you were. I'm sh- I'm sure your dozens of fans are real sad about your crusade to defend participation trophies. So <laughs> I thought that was unbelievable <laughs> pretty, coming pretty, from the organization. Pretty good. I almost thought it was like a fake Twitter account. It from had NASCAR. to do when I saw yeah, it. Pretty strong. I uh, I wonder. I mean, I I think people don't understand this, but like usually, you know, when people see corporations or or teams or whatever. Uh, using social media, they have this idea that it's, you know, the executive. And maybe they get this opinion because Donald Trump is actually tweeting constantly. The president is tweeting from his own account. But usually, uh, the head of the company has no idea what the Twitter account is, you know. And, you know, like when you see like Wendy's fast food tweeting this or that or something like that, it's it's not Wendy who's tweeting right. this stuff. It's not Dave from Wendy's, right? Well, yeah, I mean, Dave... Stopped tweeting a while ago, unfortunately, <laughs> R.I.P. Oh, that's right. He passed away. I'm sorry. He did pass away, yeah. yeah. You're so uh, insensitive. First the beard, now I, I, I'm making <laughs> mistakes left and right on this show today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, oh, yeah, the too. Docs has yeah. full editing power. Um, it's, but, not, yeah. it's not the episode of bits. It's the episode of <laughs> botches. Botches on Farley's yeah. part. Um, but yeah, it, it's an interesting story. We will continue to follow. Um, well, I think like just to add on to this, one, one another interesting thing is that uh, U.S. soccer just reversed their decision a couple years ago. They they 
did have a policy where they required everybody stand at attention during the national anthem. Megan Rapinoe had uh, knelt um, during a couple matches, and I, th- I think she, she was kneeling during her club matches as well. And U.S. Soccer said, if you want to wear the U.S. Soccer uniform, you have to stand at the at the um, national anthem. So this is this is a U.S. Soccer policy, not a FIFA policy or the the overall governing body. And uh, I guess in in the wake of everything that's going on right now, there was a a players council that got together of of current and former players, and they had a a meeting and and. Uh, made a proposal to U.S. Soccer, saying that they wanted this this rule reversed, uh, and and all of this happened very quickly, uh, uh, which is which is amazing, uh, in I guess you know this day and age, but but right now you, you are seeing a lot of quick action. U.S. Soccer came out and issued a an apology, uh, reversed their policy, and said we were on the wrong side here, and and we are going to. Uh, we're not going to punish any players who feel like they need to uh, use this as a uh, a way to speak out against social injustice. Wow, um, good for them. Good for soccer. So yeah, I was I was impressed with with U.S. soccer taking taking that stance, being that quick to do it. And I, I have a solution to all of this uh, personally. And I, you know, there's a, uh, a Docs 2020 episode where I'm already on the record. Uh, on this topic, and welcome to the bandwagon, everybody. There's plenty of room. All are welcome. <laughs> are, are we getting topic. into? Are we getting into your rant right now? I just want to make sure. We no, 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 not okay. yet. I, I'm right. saving my. You rant. can seamlessly um, transition into the rant if you like. Okay, maybe, maybe I will. Yeah. Uh, because I am on a roll, and it is related to all of this yep. stuff anyway. Um, but you know what? What I would say is that, and, and I, I believe I, I said this before. Uh, is my take is that um, I, I would like for this country to be in a place where everybody felt proud to stand for the national anthem, and if we uh, if we don't want people having political protests during sporting events, let's change the culture of this country so they don't feel like they need to protest. Um, I, I think that is. It, I think that's really well said. It's a s- simple concept, but I think it's 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 exactly. <laughs> it's I, I, pretty simple, but incredibly but challenging, very, right? Yeah, so yes, um, <laughs> I think one thing that's interesting that the players, um, in response to Drew Brees, we've seen in the last like week or so, is that it, it sounds like people are trying to make a distinction between respect for the flag and standing for social justice. Am I correct. correct in saying that? Because it seemed like the interpretation in the past was always the disrespect for the flag, the disrespect for the USA. It seems like there's a little bit more of an understanding now that it's not one or the other or the same thing as much as it's this. It's people having a voice and an, an ability to stand up for social justice um, and not necessarily... Uh, standing up against the flag. Mm-hmm. Am I correct in saying that? It it seems like that's been more of the conversation that people are trying to get across. They they have uh this has always been the message that um these protests have nothing to do with the flag or disrespecting the military. There there are some people who feel like this is an unacceptable form of protest 
and there are other people that are saying that they're not protesting the military, or, or they're saying, I'm not protesting the military when I'm doing this. And I, I just think that you're, you're getting, right now, you're getting more and more people that are, that are listening to the other side of the argument and uh, appreciating what that argument is. So, so in a case like Drew Brees, Drew Brees came out and, and reiterated that he felt like people should not kneel during the, the national anthem because he has grandfathers that fought in World War II, and he feels like that disrespects them. And he had a lot of conversations with teammates over 24 hours, and with those conversations, he, he changed his view and, and publicly said he was in the wrong and, and uh, respects their right to uh, peacefully protest in that manner. I don't think that that changes his opinion. He, I, I think that, that uh, uh, he still would like for people to respect the flag and respect the national anthem, and it still means something to him. He's just seeing the other viewpoint and uh, not taking a hard stance on it. And, and that shows great growth because uh, people on two sides of an issue are able to communicate their feelings. And listen, which is the most important part. Yeah. All right. So we've been um, patiently waiting for your rant. Was that the rant or? No, that that's not the rant. Um, <laughs> but I'll I'll it, it's like basically on the same line. So so we can maybe combine it all if you want. If that makes you feel better. Uh, yeah. But, but I did <laughs> yeah. I did think the the article Julie sh- sent us about the IOC and and kneeling uh, during the Olympics. I think that that was. Uh, um, a, a great topic that we would talk about anyway, but I, I've seen like discussions about um, military installations that are, that are named after Confederate generals, and that's kind of in the news right now. And and they're uh, passing legislation in Congress about uh, changing the names. And I just wanted to go on the record. I, I was born in Fort Bragg. Uh, Fort Bragg is named after a Confederate general. He has a quick temper, requires a lot of structure, and was really poor with strategy. Does that sound like anybody you know, Chris? Mm, uh, I'm, I'm not going to get political, but maybe. I was going to say me. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> because I was gotcha. born there. Um, gotcha, but, okay. But at the end of the day, uh, General Bragg was a U.S. Army soldier who left the army and joined a rebel force that fought against the U.S. Army. In whatever it was in, in the early 1900s when all of these bases were, were, were built, the U.S. government bought land uh, from people to, to build these, these installations. And in order to make the purchase, they had to promise to name the the base after a confederate general i don't think they need to keep that promise any longer you know it's been over a hundred years that we've had these these bases at the end of the day and this is this is what i'll say and it might not be popular with with some people right now but all of these confederate generals were traitors to the american army and saying that we can't change the name of the base because it's disrespectful to the army uh makes my head explode because these guys should have been uh, hung for treason. I asked my dad about this, and 
you know, he he went to West Point. He's a West Point grad. He fought for this country in Vietnam. And obviously he was stationed at Fort Bragg when I was born there. And he said that that he while he was serving, he it always felt wrong to him that that all of these bases were named after people who were basically traitors to this country. And I, I respect his input on this uh, a lot more than uh, my own or, or other people's, you know. That's my rant. So, Docs, what's your recommendation for renaming the forts? Uh, well, I mean, I think that Fort Bragg should be renamed Fort Docs. <laughs> because I was born there, right? And I'm, <laughs> and I'm a patriot, and, I, I and I'll be the next president. So that, that would be appropriate. Um We'll pass that on to them. Yeah, I, I agree. So, so hopefully they don't they don't change it before your presidency. Yeah, I know. Oh, so we should wait for that ceremony until after I retire as president. Yeah. Uh, no, nah, they could change it next year when you take office. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe that might be a bad look too. Like to start renaming things after myself while I'm in power. I'll, I'll noodle yeah, but this. you were born there. This. You know. I know. You've got you've got the inside track. Yeah. Yeah. I'll noodle this. All right. This podcast, of course, is sponsored by Pacers Running. Pacers Running with six area D.C. locations. Pacers Running is for every run. Uh, we should be open, you know, space-time continuum on Pace the Nation. We mm-hmm. should be open at all, uh, most of our locations uh, as this podcast comes out. So excited to uh, be open by appointment. Go to runpacers.com and you can get an appointment to be fit for shoes uh, so go there today, runpacers.com. Appointments are fast, filling up fast. So uh, excited to be open, and our staff is excited to see you, runpacers.com. Earlier on, Julie asked a quick question. Can I ask a really long-winded question? Yes, it's your podcast. Yeah. No, I was just kind of saying, nobody ever says, can I ask a really long, complicated question? <laughs> they always right, say, can right, I ask a right. quick question? Um, right. Are there any restrictions now that you're opening uh, and you, you said to make an appointment? Do people have to make an appointment to come into the store? Yeah, we're, we're um, you know, it's different in D.C. and different in Virginia. But for the most part, you need to make an appointment. Uh, there will be some walk-in and uh, walk-up availability as well. Uh, but the best way to do it, the best way to get fit for a pair of shoes is make an appointment uh, at runpacers.com. But that is uh, changing, you know, quickly uh, and continue to evolve as different jurisdictions go to go in different phases. So uh, thank you for that clarifying question. Are you requiring people to wear a mask to come in the store? Yes, we, we are requiring people to wear masks in the stores. Uh, and we will provide masks for those who don't have them. But yes, we want uh, people to have face coverings when they're in our store. Uh, this podcast is also sponsored by Random Row Beer. Random Row Brewing is in Charlottesville, Virginia. They are also uh, recently open for business. You can, uh, if you're in Charlottesville, uh, you can check out uh, Random Row Brewery. It's it's on um, Preston I, Avenue, I believe. What Preston Avenue, right, Docs? Yeah, on Preston Avenue. Correct. And uh, open for business outside. Uh, Also, you can find Random Row Beer in Wegmans. All right, last week we talked about Brown demoting the men's track and cross-country team to club status, basically canceling the program as a varsity sport. And Julie had some um, very choice words. 
It was Julie's rant. I loved your passion. Thanks. Um, and I'm actually, Docs, I'm glad you didn't cut that out. You know, Mary Wittenberg, uh, again, we've referenced her a couple times here. We really appreciate her listening to last week's show. Um, she she talked about how she uh, enjoyed Julie's um, point of view on Brown. Hashtag so. women telling it like it is. Yeah, it was good, Julie. So, uh, Docs, props for not editing that out. Thank you for not silencing me, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, I mean, Julie, you, you said in the thing, like, you can cut that if you want. So, and, right. and we decided, no, we decided, no, it was good stuff. Uh, I would also like to congratulate you, Julie, because uh, Brown University re- reversed their decision when they found out <laughs> that uh, this rant was coming on Pace the Nation. And they didn't uh, want to hear my wrath. They got, they got word of it. And, and so now it's a, a funded program again. So update. Update. A little round of applause here. Okay. Brown did the right thing. They listened to the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of letters that were written and sent to the university. Uh, The women of Brown track and field um, threatened to protest, essentially, um, their season in honor of the men's team. There was an uprising from other members of the Ivy League. A lot of people speaking out, alums, friends of the program, stakeholders in the program, current student-athletes, parents, family, um, that all rallied together um, to, to overturn this decision. And the big thing I think that is really important in this day and age to point out was that uh, everyone that came to the aid of Brown men's track and field um, really spoke up about the opportunity that track and field provides and gives and is earned um, by by people of all backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a, a lot of information that came forward about the experience of the student-athletes, um, and then in, re- in the president of the university actually referenced the opportunity um, for, for men of, of, uh, that identify as BIPOC um, that have been a big part of the history of that program and the opportunities um, that exist in the future uh, for that program. So that was a, an awesome moment. Um, congratulations to the team. Um, it's a huge win, I think, for the NCAA. It's a huge win in this day and age. Um, and, and I'm really thankful for that, especially when we're seeing programs across the country be cut. Um, this is a monumental moment to see the, the decision reversed within a week and the amount of support that came forward for the program. It's just beautiful. So yeah, happy. U- USA Track and Field President Vin Lanana, he's also the director of Track and Cross Country at Virginia. He agreed with you in an article in, the, uh, in Oregon Live this week. Uh, Lanana says that dropping men's track sends a disturbing signal to the country because that sport provides opportunities for higher education for black students that many other college sports do not. So um, that's from USA track and field president, Vin Lanana, who echoed your, your sentiments. Yeah, I'm concerned you guys are giving too much credit to other people. This was obviously a victory for Pace the Nation. <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. That's true. That's true. It was a PTN bump. Yeah, it just was. Just in a different way. <laughs> yeah. See, Johnny? Yes. Even even though the decision was reversed before we published the show, uh, just just them knowing it was coming, it, 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 it was the yep. uh, deciding factor, I'm sure. 
No doubt. All right, great show, guys. Thanks again to ASICS athlete Johnny Gregorek for joining us today on Pace the Nation. Uh, he is the Blue Jean Mile world record holder at 406. Uh, great stuff catching up with Johnny. Uh, thanks again to Chase at ASICS and all the crew at ASICS for helping make that happen. All right, another one in the books, guys. For William E. Docks and Julie Cully, I'm Chris Farley. This is Pace the Nation. We will see you next week. Calling me back. Better, yeah, much better. Okay. Oh, you had, you know, the the operator gave you a bad connection. Yes. So you just Correct. call back to get a different operator. Anymore? Yeah, they they work at the switchboards and they pull the cables and plug them into the appropriate phones. Oh yeah, it sounds like a fun job. Well, it was because they used to be able to eavesdrop. Listen in on every conversation. <laughs> Would you like that, Docs, you think? Would I like to sit in a room and eavesdrop on conversations only if I worked at Buckingham Palace? That's it. I'm, I'm, okay, out. Cool. I'm tapped that out. That That's great. it. That's <laughs> the question. All right. <laughs> well, want me to go into my rant now? <laughs>